Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. This is a bad start to whatever we're doing. Welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show. This is not what I thought it was. With Sherry. Are you crazy? And Bob. Do I look crazy? And now, broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. When I tell you what I want to tell you, I'm very excited about it. You're going to be like, oh, I think so. But... <laughs> well, I can't wait to fit into that suit. <laughs> Hear me what are you out. talking about? Because at first you're going to be like, oh, think so, woman. Because no other radio show in the country will be kicking it off like this. Okay. Um, Don't ask me why, but somehow I fell down a Benjamin Franklin-themed rabbit hole on the internet. Mm-hmm. You would not believe what Benjamin Franklin invented. And as a kid who went on field trips in Philly before we moved to Wyoming, we we were spoon-fed Benjamin Franklin and and Dolly Madison like it was. Max knows what I'm talking about because he grew up there too. You are spoon-fed the founding fathers as a kid in that part of the world. But I I did not know. Did you know that Benjamin Franklin invented, wait for it, the odometer? Really? You didn't know that, no, did you? No, I didn't you? know that. No. And now you're all like, I was going to say, oh, care woman, but so now what, what I'm was intrigued. it used for? Like on carriages, I guess? They used it to measure the distance along colonial roads that the postal service was using. Cause well, Benjamin, that makes sense. Because Benjamin Franklin was way all up in the postal service. But, but they would have to they would have to use like a, a, a wagon or something, right? Uh, well, yeah, because, you know, he didn't invent cars. Right. But he also invented something else. That will make you think of um, recent scandalous reports about uh, NBC TV executives, including Matt Lauer. Benjamin Franklin invented this pulley system that enabled him to lock his bedroom door without getting out of bed Hmm. or unlock it, Hmm. as the case might be. Well, that doesn't mean that he was up to anything, although he is known to be a rather randy Um, founding father. Enthusiastic. Yes. He loved the women. Appreciator of the ladies. And, and he didn't look, if, if you've seen portraits of him, he doesn't look like, you know, Mr. Slick. But you, you know, um, brains can be very yeah, sexy. Yeah, that's what it was. He invented the rocking chair. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I did know that. Did you know he invented the writing chair? You mean where there's that, that thing on the side that we used to uh, have in school? In school, yeah. 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 The desk that had the little table yeah, arm little coming up. platform, yeah. He invented the library step stool. It's a chair where you can lift and fold the seat and turn it into a ladder. They still, huh. they, they call them Franklin stools. They uh-huh. still sell them to this day. Uh-huh. I saw one on Amazon not too long ago. He invented this mechanical arm so that he could reach books that were, he was way, obviously way into books. Yeah. He could reach books way on high shelves without having yeah. to use a ladder. That's, that's and, what Madison used to say about him. He's so into books. And wait, <laughs> you're going to be so amazed. I know you're thinking to yourself, I couldn't be more amazed about Benjamin Franklin, Sherry Lynch, than I already am. But wait, there's more. Benjamin Franklin invented the flexible urinary catheter. 
Which is nearly as painful as the old style catheter. (laughs) Wow. You're kidding me. I'm not. And it makes you wonder. um, Well, need is the mother of invention. Necessity, yeah. Yeah. And so what was going on with um, BF that he needed to invent a flexible urinary catheter? And um, he was also, because he was just one of these people that was a genius in so many areas. He was responsible in part for the founding of the first hospital. He must have been a, a big part of the Franklin stove. I, it, I didn't see that in my, tell, I'm telling you. Wood stove, I mean, he must have, or, or some sort of a sophistication to do the you wood know stove. How, do you know how many clicks you have to hit to fall down a Benjamin Franklin rabbit hole <laughs> on the internet? How many click-throughs? Um, he had all these pseudonyms, he had all these fake names. Um, his most famous one was this name called uh, Richard Saunders, Poor Richard's Almanac. Almanac. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. He also had as a name, as a fake name, Silence Do Good. Silence Do Good. Hmm. Anthony Afterwit. Polly Baker. And you know what he used Polly Baker as? Because he, he wanted to investigate how unfairly colonial society treated women. Uh-huh. And so he um, created this character, Polly Baker, who was pretend punished by society for having pretend children out of pretend wedlock when the pretend father went unpunished. The whole thing was was um, a fiction, but he put it out there so that he could watch people's reaction. So he was an early feminist. An early feminist. In a way, yeah. Um, he also had another female... Uh, he was early on fake news. Yeah, very early yeah, on fake news. Yeah. Um, he had a he had another um, pseudonym, Alice Addertongue. Adder's a kind of a snake. And this was someone, he posed as a middle-aged widow who wrote scandalous gossip columns about prominent members of society. And on and on. And there were so many. And he, I don't know when he slept. Because between writing everything and inventing everything and entertaining... And entertaining the ladies. Half the ladies in colonial America. Yeah. So, um, I don't think we... I mean, we completely dissed Alexander Hamilton. At least Benjamin Franklin, we give him some credit for some stuff. But you didn't even know that he invented the odometer. And by the way, he was uh, open to all sorts of ladies. Yeah, because he's... He didn't have a type. Didn't he coin the expression? In the dark, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I was led to believe. Yeah. Yeah. So did he invent Ben Franklin plumbing, too? I don't think I don't he think invented so. Ben Franklin plumbing. That's right. So there you go. Some things you didn't know about Benjamin Franklin. Right. Wait till you see what we do with Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> Next, this is Bob and Sherry. The new and improved Bob and Sherry website. Just go to bobandsherry.com. I saw something the other day about time-restricted feeding. Have you come across this in any of your, like, clicking around? I don't, I don't know what that is. Basically, here's what it says. It says, if you want to lose weight, Stop thinking about calories and start thinking about time. Time restricted feeding or TRF, which makes me feel of like some sort of large scale farming practice involving yeah, the does. cows, right? It sounds like it, yeah. Basically Big says that meals take up to five hours to digest. Mm-hmm. So that what you have to do is you have to shift your eating patterns and restrict the, the hours of day. That you eat, you have to cut down your feeding window, which again makes you feel like <laughs> I know. 
Put some grain in that bag and give it to her. Max and Todd, it's uh, Bob's feeding window. I'm going to yeah. hop out to the barn and put some oats in his bucket. Um, so, so you're supposed to digest your food over five hours. Don't eat during that period. No, basically you have to restrict your eating windows to somewhere between eight and 12 hours. And the window starts with the first bite of food you eat in the in the beginning of the day, not toothpaste, right? Mm-hmm. And it ends with the last... Um, bite or sip of something that isn't water at the end of the day so for example for you let's say that you have your first breakfast at what's a fair time for you to have your first breakfast seven you you eat before that don't you no i feel like you do you sure yeah okay max max and todd are over here going he he's a lying liar who lies <laughs> he's always chewing on something i no i don't i i i, I just well just before just before that particular hour. We'll give you seven for the sake of argument. Oh, thank you. I'm so blessed. Oh, oh, every day it's a blessing. <laughs> you are, oh, I'm not screwed out of three or four minutes. I have to tell you, you are held more accountable I know. than any human That's being true. in America. Oh, oh, there are privates in the, in the military that the drill sergeants... Are, are easier with between both us, here and at home between us and your wife i go to t- i went to the store the other day i went to the store the other day again she said we're out of martini uh, olives so i go all the way to the store because she want martini olives i walk through the and it, and it was a lousy cold miserable rainy day and i walk in with them and i all right i picked up a can of soup too because i wasn't sure if they're gonna have dinner and I walked through, and I, instead of getting, oh, thank you so much for going to the Martini. What took you so long? So so I'm staying with my new thing. Oh, I saw an escape Bengal tiger, and I wanted to roll video on it. It's really sad, but you are the most accountable man. So here's okay. So let's say for you, your first bite of food is at 7 a.m. Right. The most generous allowance we can give you for your time-restricted feeding is 7 p.m. Yeah, you it's can't not put anything else in your mouth after 7 that's p.m. Not, that's not going to be happening. That's not going to happen for you. It's just not. Now, you're not in a situation where you need to lose weight. But if you were, that's what you're looking at. 12, not so another 12 hours, nibble. a 12-hour window. That's the most generous right. you can have is a 12-hour window. I have something similar. That's my 12-hour drinking window. Which you, I, you do manage yes, to squeeze which, in. Which I've been able to uh, hold on to, yeah. For you, you think about it, because you probably don't even eat dinner till after seven most nights. You know, it depends. Like with Hampton, you know, we still have Hampton in the house. And so she will start cooking dinner like around 5.30. And very often we will eat just before seven. We but all- not every day. Some days if she's working late, I eat at a restaurant with her. If we eat at 7 or 7.30, mm-hmm. everybody wants to know what's wrong. What t- what time do you... Uh, well, because here's what happens. Karamia has to go to dance. Oh, I and see. She, so I feed Karamia, and then I drive her to dance, and I drive home, and the drive to and from her dance studio is in mm-hmm. rush hour. Yeah. There are days where I don't even start cooking dinner till 6.30. Mm-hmm. So the chances of eating by 7... Before seven thirty or 7:30, even yeah. quarter to eight. Yeah, and that that's that's later than most families. It's I must really say. it's yeah. really late. I would love to not have that happen, but either we all eat dinner at four p.m. with mm-hmm. Karamia, which that's not going to happen, or we all eat dinner at seven forty-five p.m. after she's. It's dinner. funny you should say that. There was a brief period when my kids were younger, and I mean when they were like around ten, right? 
10 and 8. And I, I started because they would get cranky at, at 6.30. They'd start to get cranky and they'd have to do some homework or whatever. And I read something somewhere and it was like, get dinner over early and you have the whole evening and it'll make your life so much better. So I couldn't get her to do that. So I did it. I started making my wok cooking at 4.30 in the afternoon yeah. or spaghetti at 4.30 in the afternoon or whatever it is we're going to be having. The kids loved it. And I got used to it. I started having it. By, by 5.15, I was done. Well, before Karamia started dancing this. But we couldn't in, keep it up. Before she danced this intensely when the girls were younger, they, they were finished dinner every night before 6 o'clock. Yeah. And then they would have their bath and they could have yeah. some free time and then right. up in bed around 8, 8.30. It, it made it so easy. I don't know why more people don't do that. It's easier. I tell, you know, my niece, um, her baby's about to be one, right, in a couple weeks. And I tell her, I'm like, you think this is hard? This is the easy stuff. It is so easy when they're little. You think it's hard. You think you're exhausted. Wait till they're big and have some life and opinions of their own. Yeah. You think this and is And projects hard? and interests. This is, look at that baby. That baby uh, can't talk mm-hmm. and uh, has no homework, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. doesn't need a ride anywhere. Yeah, that's like, right. You have no idea how much harder it gets. You put the baby in a sack, you can take it anywhere, right? Anywhere. It's like yeah. an expensive handbag. You know, you yeah. look after it. Right. But you're, it's not like it it's was. Good thing you pointed that out. So time-restricted feeding. Yeah. Not that I'll you, work on it. Not that you, you know, need. No, you don't not every to, day. You don't have to work on it. You don't need it. This is something you can set yourself free from. I take care of myself, though. Yeah, but you can't. You won't be successful because you're going to eat after seven p.m. If I don't, if I don't watch my own ass, who will? Yeah. Oh, so many of us. Yeah. Morons in the news is next. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry. Come and listen to the idiot. Here they are. You moron. It's morons in the news. Uh, recently, a guy walked into a Tim Hortons in Alberta, Canada, carrying a rubber chicken. He walked up to the counter and he put the rubber chicken right on top of the little box that was to collect money for charities. And then he walked out of the rest of the uh, Tim Hortons with the chicken covering the box of cash. He stole the charity box of money, covering it with Ugh. a rubber chicken. The cops have looked at some security footage and they're looking for this guy. So let's say you get, first of all, this is very un-Canadian. Let's say you get thrown in jail. Does word get around that you were the guy among the other inmates that stole the chariot, the charity cash box? I think it does. I think, yeah, I think I it think, does. I think you get punished a little bit more inside. And using a rubber chicken as a disguise. I know. What kind of a criminal are you? This happened in Oak Park, Illinois. Otis Duggar is 86 and his wife, Dimitri, is 67. And police swarmed their car after they left their bank. The, the two are great-grandparents. Police swarmed the car and were yelling, Get out of the car! Put your hands up! Dimitri said, I'm having a bad knee. I cannot get out. Who's in the car with you? Dimitri said, My husband. What's his name? It's Otis. Does he have a gun? Dimitri said, We don't have a gun. Well, if you have a gun, we're going to shoot you. They were handcuffed, led to separate police vehicles, and detained for 40 minutes, and then dragged out of the cars multiple times to be identified by witnesses to the bank robbery. Did they do it? A bank teller told the cops, 
Uh, these are not the robbers. Wow. So the, the police got it just totally wrong? They got it totally wrong. That's scary. And at that point, Otis <laughs> had had enough. And he said to the cops, we are not Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> and Dimitri said, his wife said, he can't see to drive. I can't even walk fast. And, and we're bank robbers? That's so awful. That is um, so awful. A sergeant at the scene did apologize. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if they ever really found the real thieves. Okay, what is worse? Letting a young kid play Grand Theft Auto or letting him take the first steps toward actually living out Grand Theft Auto? The police in Lancashire, England, pulled over an 11-year-old kid, again, 11 years old, who was driving a car in a parking lot last Sunday. The adult family member who was with him told the cops they'd taken him out to practice driving as a way to get him to stop playing Grand Theft Auto all day long. The family member was hit with several traffic charges. No word on the relationship between him and the kid. It sounds like a father to me. And that is what Grand Theft Auto is doing to the youth of England also. Not just our country. (laughs) Um, Finally, in Morons in the News, uh, John Morales is an actor. And you don't know his name. And you probably wouldn't know his face. But you know the character he's most famous for. And I'll tell you who that is in a second. John's going to prison for 16 years. He was arrested in 2011. Police seized 1,000 marijuana plants, 27 weapons, including a grenade launcher, and 9,000 rounds of ammo from his home. He's 41 years old. He pleaded guilty. And he insisted at a sentencing hearing that he was a nonviolent person. But, of course, the judge said, Well, you seem like a really scary person. (laughs) So... The character that John Morales played, his claim to fame is, are you ready? McGruff the Crime Dog. No. Yep. He was the voice of McGruff? He was McGruff the Crime Dog. Oh, wow. That's playing against type there, huh? Again, I'll remind you, a thousand marijuana plants, 27 weapons, a grenade launcher, and 9,000 rounds of ammo. Dang. McGruff. So we, don't know, we don't know what he got. 16 years. Well, that's right. You said hey, that. 16 that's years. That's ironic. Yeah, that is that's ironic. That's way, way more than a fly in your Chardonnay. Wow. Which is just gross. I find if you have a grenade launcher, you're up to something. And then you tell the judge you're a nonviolent yeah, person. Right. Ways to get in touch with the Bob and Sherry Show. Stick your head out a window and yell, Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hey, Bob and Sherry! Get the Bob and Sherry free app for your phone and leave us a talkback message. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Email us through the Bob and Sherry website, bobandsherry.com, or email us hello at bobandsherry.com. Or you can call 1-844-52-SHERRY. Hello, Bob and Sherry. Leave us a DM on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Or you can just kick it old school and yell out the window. Hey! Bob and Sherry! It's stuff you won't hear on the show. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast on the Bob and Sherry app. Get it now in iTunes Store or Google Play. So if you come into work and you look at your desk and there's something missing, like a stapler or maybe uh, Sharpies, you had a box of Sharpies, well, you're not losing it. It could be somebody is ticked at you and they are getting office revenge on you. USA Today just did a piece that I just read about office revenge. I'm going to give you some examples. And okay. then if any of these make sense, there's somebody who's got you targeted. Okay. okay. And, and as I read these, 
pretend that like I'm the person that's looking for revenge and you tell me which ones I'd be likely to do. Okay. And you can be honest, not okay. too honest, but you can be honest. <laughs> Honestish. Right? Yeah, Honestish. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Make sure that that person got worse tasks to do or fewer tasks to do. Like arrange for them to get a really crummy thing they have to go through every week. Spread a bad rumor about them. You would do the first one, but not the second not one. Not the second. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's. I, but the only reason that you wouldn't do the first one. Could you hold off one? until I read them all before well, you no, start saying I'll forget. I'd do that? that you would do the first one, except mm. doing the first one, assigning mm. people work, means having work yourself. And so I don't know that how likely that is. <laughs> I, not necessarily. And then it the second be, it one you would never do. could be assigning it so I don't do it. The second one you would I never would not do, do that. Uh, quit. Quit your job, quote, in an unconventional way. So in other words, you're really ticked off at whoever's above you. So you quit in an unconventional way. Now, that could be everything from, you know, throwing a trash can down the hall to burning the building down. You would do this. And the, we've we've talked about the way you should do it. The way you, do you should it. do oh, it. Yeah. I want when Bob is done with this crew and this place and these management clowns, I want him to go out into the hallway at prime time, which in this Please building is that. right around 10 a.m. Please don't say you said Eastern. this to me. Private. Please. I'm asking you not to say that. I'm, I am asking you not to say right that. there in the hall. Yeah, leave one in the hall. Leave one in the hall, right there. Or full view. Even better, I I know the guy that's got the key to open the offices. We we'll leave one on the desk. I, I will. I will never get in the broadcasting hall of fame. In I, this building I want way. him on the hall in full view of everyone. That's you know, I, I, they won't put me in the hall of fame, but I'll be famous forever. Sure, Here's what's going to happen. He'll come in and go, Sherry. I wanted to do it today, but. But you have to time these things out, and I couldn't get the timing right. I'm trying to get the editing right and then everything, and I couldn't get the timing right. It just wouldn't happen. Can we stop there talking about this action so that stood, you want just, me to do? I just it's stood disgusting. there, and people said, what's he doing? <laughs> Nobody knew what he was trying yeah, to do. I know. All of a sudden, they get shy. <laughs> it's even worse than shy bladder. Yeah. It really is. Can we move along to the next one? <laughs> these are things to get revenge. Uh-huh. Hide that person's things. You would not do I that. would not do. Get them fired. You would do. You really think but so? But only if it was justly... It would have to be justified. Justly necessary. Yes. It would have to be justified. You wouldn't... I'd have to know 100%. Listen, um, you, you are fine with disliking people and disrespecting people and not getting them fired. You've Thank been, you. That's your brand. Thank you. But you would only get somebody fired if they deserve it. Yes. Uh, sabotage their work. You know, sometimes just showing up and doing what I do, I do that naturally yeah. without even trying. I don't think you do it deliberately. No, I don't. Uh, tamper with their computer. Oh, <laughs> oh shut up. <laughs> shut up, all of you. Max, here's how that would go. Uh, Todd, I've got a mission for you. Can you, can you, can you do this? I promise. I got your back. I got your back. And then I'd hear the IT guy go, Todd, were you on so-and-so's computer? No, no, no. Bob be like, I, I, I wasn't here. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, well, you know what I could do? I could get like one of those uh, blade things and, and slice the uh, cord. Oh, yeah. And I could do that. Uh, eat their lunch. You skeeve people too much to do that. Yeah. When I first saw that, I thought, 
Yeah, maybe it's a nice sandwich. I could eat that, and they'd have you know nothing. You skeeve. But You're I don't like, know. Ew. Yeah, they could. They could have Who filthy, touched it? filthy hands making it. Or maybe, it. maybe you know, like it's yeah. this beautiful sandwich that yeah. they brought from home. But for all you know, yeah. the cat sat on the. I'm bread. I'm not eating that. I'd rather go in the hall. It probably is like generic <laughs> brand salmon. So he wouldn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want that. that. Uh, use private info from their social media against them. Well, first you'd have to find shut up it. again. And finally, uh, delete things from their computer. Again. No, I can do that. I can do that. I can delete things. You can delete things? I can delete things. Yeah. Yes, I can. You can't even remember your own password You're for the such office a bitter computer. man, aren't you? You're just a bitter man. <laughs> oh, I've wait. been trying to fix his um, his iPhone notifications, but in order for me to do that, he needs his iTunes password and username, which he can't remember. I have it in my book at home, but then I forget about it, okay? I mean, it's, it's fine. It's all fine. All right. So I guess the only thing is in the hole, pretty much. <laughs> Right and it becomes, it turns you into a legend. Yeah, I don't need that Hall of Fame, do I? <laughs> Who cares about that? No one. That's just some dusty plaque yeah. somewhere. But oh, no. you, a legend. A legend forever. You'll get a new nickname. Oh, yeah. Lacey the Brown Bomber? Yeah. You'll get in another that? Hall of Fame, yeah. I can tell you I'll that. I'll tell you what, that's but right. I'd love to see the plaque. Yeah. People would be like, I know. People would be like, why do they call him the Brown Bomber? I don't get it. I feel sorry for the guy that has to bronze my picture. <laughs> yeah. It's, right, Bob, that was it's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. So about a week ago, I found this uh, little piece about what are the greatest movie soundtracks of all time. And I gave it to Max and Todd and they looked at it and they said, well, this one, it shouldn't be here. And this one shouldn't be here. We can do better than this. So they uh, have put together their own incorporating the one that I gave them. It's a long explanation to come up with the greatest movie soundtracks of all time, and where do we begin? You've got it. You've got it right there. Number ten. Number got, ten. The list. In front I, of I do. Yeah. Shall okay. I call it out? Yeah. Call it out. Number ten is Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. Come on. You know, I know some people hate disco and all, but this was a fantastic soundtrack. Listen to this. Isn't this the song that if you're giving um, CPR, CPR, you go to that beat? You know, this movie holds up because, again, this was one of the movies I watched most of while I was recuperating. 
It holds up in every way except for a couple. Um, one of them is Stephanie, who he falls in love with to have be his dance partner. Right. It's just a terrible dancer. It's I can't just remember. God, really? It's just such a god-awful bad dancer. Almost anyone else in that club Listen, was better. You, you really, you in that part, it's more important to be a good dancer than a good actress. And she was not either either of those things. Bless I, I was so mes- I, I just even as a guy, I was so mesmerized by John Travolta's abilities to to do that. I didn't even I don't even remember her. If you watched it again, like if yeah. you sat down in front of it, you would go, yeah. ugh. At, you know that big scene where they're at the dance contest the, at the yeah, club in the club, and they win, yeah. and the uh, because they're also there's so much like bigotry about the other the contestants who are Puerto Rican, right? And they're like, oh, we're not going to let these Puerto Ricans win. And Tony Monero, played by John Travolta, snatches the trophy and brings it over and gives it to them and says, you were better. You deserve this. Yeah. Because they did. Yeah. Max yeah. watched it again recently, too. And it, there's not even a contest. Number nine. Greatest movie soundtracks. Not everybody saw this, but it was a great movie. That thing you do. And you don't mean to be cruel. Tom Hanks movie. That's what I was going to say. Was Tom Hanks? Is this that one? Yeah. Yeah. He played a record executive, and this band was a struggling band, and they they get a hit and are one hit wonders. Yeah. This is a great little song, though. Listen to this. That could have been a hit back in the early 60s. It was a hit when the movie came out. Did it Did it really it, score? It, I mean, yeah. it charted. I didn't I think so, yeah. All right, we're up to number eight, the greatest movie soundtracks of all time. It's Train Spotting. This is Iggy Pop. This one was a fantastic movie, and the music was so authentic. Number seven, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I am a man of constant sorrow. I've seen trouble all my day. Who, who was the bluegrass artist that did that? Who? Ricky Skaggs? Allison Krauss was on this too. It's a, it's a, I think it won uh, the, a Grammy. No, I think it won an Oscar. An Oscar? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, this one is a fun, fun movie. Either love it or you hate it, and the music is still heard, at least in the CVS stores all around the country. Number six. Oh, yeah. Can I tell you what I remember about this song? Mm-hmm. We had Kira Sedgwick on, who is married to Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. And you you mentioned something about it somewhere in the interview. And she said, yeah, it's just great. We'll go somewhere, the two of us, and someone will put this song on. <laughs> I, I bet she's so she sick like, of it. She was sick of it, but she had a sense of humor about it yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number five. A Star is Born from 2018. In the sunshine, 
amazing how they they uh, melted. You yeah, know? this is a great movie. It was so yeah. good. If you've not, have you seen the show? I have Bob? not. You know it's what? so good. Girlfriend, I want to watch Star Is Born. I'm and like. He- that was Kevin too. I'm like, let's watch Starsborn. He's like, hey. and then it's a great movie. I just at that point for some reason didn't want to see anything sad. Now the next one, uh, we're going back once again to the. Uh, we're gonna your, break. We're gonna break. We're gonna come back with the uh, biggest band of all time and their movie. It is Bob and Sherry show. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. Max has kind of put together the greatest movie soundtracks of all time. We have gone through Saturday Night Fever, That Thing You Do, Train Spotting, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Footloose, Star is Born, and we're up to number four. And this movie came out and got rave reviews by the critics. It's been a hot. Just song after song, just fantastic. A fun, fun movie. You've never seen it? I've never seen this movie. I should watch it. I, I took my kids to see it. It made the theaters when they were about 10 years old. And I said, I want to take you to see A Hard Day's Night. It's about the Beatles. You really don't know who they are. And 10 minutes into the movie, the projector broke. And they, <laughs> they never and that was finished the end of that. It. I don't think they've ever seen it. You know, the, the uh, uh, Lennon... This is mostly a Lennon song, um, but A Hard Day's Night, Ringo, after they, they were touring somewhere, and he went, boy, that was A Hard Day's Night. <laughs> and and that's, just, where the, that's where it came from. That's where it came yeah, from. Yeah, that's where it came from. All right, so we're up to number three. Number three is Reality Bites. You said that I was naive. One of the great soundtracks. Yeah, Truly. This Lisa Loeb. Um, and one of the, like, only move, maybe the only movie to perfectly encapsulate Generation X. Yeah. Where, what happened to her? Lisa Loeb? Yeah. Oh, she's still making music. Is she, is yeah, she? she's still out there. Yeah. Number two. Oh, can, can I tell you, I'll tell you everybody this song. Yeah. How did Lisa Loeb get her big break? Well, Ethan Hawke, who was one of the stars of Reality Bites, um, overheard her. The windows were open in New York City one night, and she lived nearby, and he overheard her singing and playing her guitar in her apartment and hunted her down, and the rest was history. You're kidding! Oh, what a great story. Isn't that a cool story? That is very cool, yeah. Okay, we're up to number two, and this is the only one I'm really going to disagree with Max and Todd on. But people love it. To our faces, that this is not one of the great movie soundtracks? I read a review in a New York newspaper when the play came out years and years ago. I read an old uh, review. I never saw the play Grease. And they said it's an amazing success, especially considering there's not one great song in the whole play. And I agree. Uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you, Bob. Hold him still while we attack. I'm going to have to disagree because Eric, my brother, grew up singing into the mirror this Grease soundtrack. <laughs> that's when we knew. <laughs> that's when he we was knew. going to take a different lane. 
say there's not one great I, I song. I think there's a couple of cute songs, but on I this. Here is number one, right here. Purple Rain. You know, I looked at the the, the, the list on this album. Just about every song that was on this album became a hit and got airplay. Is that right? I mean, this, Let's Go Crazy, yeah. Purple, Ray, uh, Purple Rain, Take Me With You, yeah. Darling Nikki, all of these songs got airplay. That's a lot of hit because most soundtracks don't have anywhere near that many hit songs. Unless you're back in the old days of Broadway productions that become movies. Well done. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Todd. The greatest movie soundtracks of all time. You're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. I'm reading here about some new trendy foods, and I'm going to run them by you and tell me okay. which ones you think I would like. Okay. <laughs> uh, the first one, I, I, I'm looking at it, and it looks absolutely delicious, and it's kind of a cliche right now. Everybody's had it except for me, and I, I am going to have it, and it's avocado toast. So good. That it, why is it's I love avocados. How have I missed you, eating avocado you take toast? A slab of really great crusty delicious bread, and you drizzle it with some olive oil and some avocado. You can add other things to it. It's so good. What are the crunchy things on top of these avocados? What what does that look like to you? That looks like they sprinkled sesame seeds on. Yeah, them. maybe sesame yeah. seeds. So I would like that very much. The next one is the charcoal soft serve. I don't know what the flavor is, but the look it's black. Soft serve ice cream. I don't know because, you know, I can't eat ice cream, so I don't know. What would be the appeal of that? I mean, visually, it, it looks kind I'm of nasty. I'm with you, Bob. That looks does gross. That, does that look good? Yeah, it doesn't no. look good to me at all. Uh, just the description is hot chicken. It's it's chicken. It's, it looks like fried chicken, but it is coated. Oh, Nashville coated hot chicken. No. With, with uh, hot, hot flavoring. What they do to it? They, as they pull it out of the fryer, fryer hotter than hell, they plunge it into the bubbling hot um, sauce, what? and then they rip it up again, and the hot chicken meeting the hot sauce, the hot sauce lacquers onto the fried chicken, mm-hmm. and you end up just getting this explosion of unbelievably delicious fried chicken Hampton, hot sauce flavor. Hampton would love that. I don't know. That, that is a little over the top for me. Um, you like that? You, you make that? Do you make that? Don't I, I can have my own uh, likes and dislikes, Missy. You're wrong. You would like. No, this. I'm not wrong. You're wrong. You would like. Oh God! Now, now <laughs> she now she knows more about my taste buds than I do. Well, she does about most things. I have to admit. You're wrong. You would love it. Mm. You, well, here's something you I know wouldn't what? like. You know what he'll do? He'll go somewhere and he'll have hot chicken and he'll have forgotten this conversation and he'll come <laughs> in here and he'll tell me how good it is and demand to know why I don't like it and act like he invented it himself. And then it's it, a possibility and, and that scenario could happen. And then deny that he said that he wouldn't like it. Can we move along to the next one here? <laughs> I, I see this everywhere. I even saw it on the side of a restaurant. It, how do you pronounce it? Poke? Poke bowl? Poke? P-O-K-E. You would like that too. You, you think like, so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would like so that. What, is that, what is that? Fish? Fish tuna, and vegetables? It's often raw tuna. So obviously it's Japanese, right? Uh, Hawaiian, I think, it's actually. Hawaiian? Okay. I think. The crepe cake. These are different colored crepes on top of each other. They're they're piled on top of each other, and it looks like it's about a half a foot high. 
Um, I'm not big on sweets, so I You're don't know about that You're not big on cake. Don't now, act. Oh, one. don't you? No. Do you, do you? Not today, Satan. No. No, no. You are plenty big on sweets. You just don't like cake. No, it's pie I don't like. No, you're plenty big on sweets. When was the last time you saw? So when was dare. the last time you saw me eat any sweets? Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, when you were shoveling junior mints in like it was it, your job. It, it was the holidays. Somebody oh, sent oh, me a bat, oh, a, a box right. of them. And by the way, I I shared the junior mints with everyone. Only after we pointed out that you weren't sharing at the time. And you know what? That doesn't make it right. You know. I, I ate it because it was the holiday. Well, you know what? I smoked a whole Boston butt the other day. Why was that? Well, it was cold outside. You know what's really sad? This man. There's more accountability pointed at this man than in all of Washington. You know what I'm going to do on this table? You know what I'm going to do on this table? I'm going to build a big, beautiful wall. And I'm going to I'm going to see if the Mexicans will pay for that. Here's how high I'm going to build it. I'm going to build it so I just see the top of your hair. That's all. A big, beautiful wall. <laughs> would you like to hear the next trendy food? This, I would so love. Detroit-style pizza. You know what that is? It's pizza, but the crust around the uh, outside is burned. Yeah, you would like that. Oh, I didn't know they, were, they had a name for it, but I love yeah, you Detroit-style like pizza. And look at this. Here's cauliflower steak. It's a big thing now that you made for, uh, made it for, for Caramia. It doesn't it, taste like steak. It looks beautiful. What's the yellow stuff? It, it turned it yellow. What do you think that was? Um, Saffron? It actually kind of turns that color when oh, you it grill does? it. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, purple yams. Have you ever had a purple yam? Yes. I have not had that. Eating flowers. No, thank you. <laughs> Snickerdoodle hummus. The whole no, dessert hummus you. thing is weird for me. Yeah, yeah. There's vanilla hummus and stuff. It seems to be going against what it's supposed yeah, to be, doesn't it? The Bob and Sherry store is crowded with all kinds of great merchandise. It's always something. Including the new It's Always Something coloring book. It's always something. A coloring book for exhausted adults. Oh. Plus Sherry's cookbook, Cooking with Cats, the book of Bob. I know I'm a blowhard. He's a double blowhard. Mixes from the scone goddess. Ah. Candles. Mother of all mothers merch. And much, much more. Come check out the Bob and Sherry store. Conveniently located on the shop tab at Bob and Sherry. It's stuff you won't hear on the show. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast on the Bob and Sherry app. So okay. we, we love when people uh, hit the little microphone on the app and talk back to the show. And, and as we've promised, um, we may put you on the show and listen to what Tylee left us on the app. Okay, listen to this. Hey, Bob and Sherry, I was just listening to your crazy broken bone stories. And I just wanted to let you guys know that one time... About three or four years ago, I pinned myself between a truck and a tractor, or in other words, I ran myself over, and um, I was all by myself, and the funniest part of this story is when I was trying to get help, I was trying to flag someone down on the road, um, everyone just kept on waving at me, but in the end, I broke five of my ribs (sighs) in the front and in the back. I was in the ICU for a couple weeks, but I mean, that was the only broken bone I've ever had. And it was pretty crazy. I mean, most people can't say they've ran themselves over. No, most people can't. And we were so intrigued that we called Tylee and she's joining us right now. Hey, Tylee. Hi, Tylee. Hey, Bob and Sherry. So, So tell us again, how did this happen? 
So I was all by myself. Um, I was trying to touch a baby calf mm-hmm. that was sick. And so I jumped out of my truck and my truck started rolling away and I chased after it. And then somehow I just managed to pin myself in between the door of the truck and a tractor. And I broke a whole bunch of my ribs. Oh, my God. Was that just incredibly painful? And you were alone lying there, run over with broken ribs. What did you do? Yes. So I knew I had to get out of that situation. So I got the truck off of me. And um, I drove out to the main road because I was in a field. And I started waving down people because I didn't have my phone. My mom and dad were gone taking another load of cows to another field. And I just flagged someone down for help, and they called an ambulance for me. And, yeah. That was it. And this is in Utah, right? Yes. Yeah. You you sound more composed talking about running yourself over and breaking your ribs and, and having to be rescued than my daughter did yesterday explaining to me why she got a bad grade on a quiz. I've noticed that, too. I, I know mean, it. you it's could It's because she be, lives in Utah. Look at her. Trying to catch calf. Ran myself over, yeah. broke my ribs, had to get help. I mean, yeah, it was. You're it was so crazy. chill, girl. You're so chill. So, so Tylee, you live on a farm, I guess. Then, right? Yes, I'm a fifth generation rancher. So, um, another funny thing is, when I ran myself over, my dad and my mom showed up. Mm-hmm. Like, just so happened, and my mom was in the pickup truck with the horses, and she was yelling at me to get out of the way so she could pull into the field because I was laying in the road. And then my dad pulled up in the semi and he came over and he like leaned over me and he was like, looked at me and he said, Ty, is it really that bad? Five broken ribs. And here I am like, yeah, I had like a collapsed lung and everything, but he was asking if it was really that bad. See, this, this is what happens when you are a farmer. Or the daughter yes. of a farmer. They see a lot of stuff and there's no drama allowed. Tylee, no. what is the most dramatic you've ever been, do you think? Um, Have you ever been dramatic? No, not really. I try not to be. So do you have a boyfriend? I am married, actually. Oh, you're married now. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm married in August. And, and he's a farmer also, I take it. Um, no, he's not actually, but one day we're going to, we're hopefully going to move to Wyoming in uh-huh. a year or two, maybe buy what, some land. What part of Wyoming? Star Valley. Oh my God, that's, that's where, where Sherry's yeah. from. Are you I kidding know. me? Yeah, yes. that's where Sherry's it's gorgeous. from. It's beautiful. If you're going to buy land and ranch, Star Valley's the place to do it. Plus it's, you know, it's close to Jackson and Cody, so you're not completely isolated. So, so how would you yeah. do that, uh, Tylee? How would you do it? you you just find some land that's for sale and then he's going to and you're going to build a house or how how is that going to work? Yeah, see, I just right now we're saving up like almost every penny that we make. Uh-huh. And so we're just going to buy some land. Um, we want to start with goats because they're a little bit cheaper to start out with. Right. But yeah, we're just going to jump right into it, I guess. And, and will that be full time goat goat farmers full time? No, I am. Um, a college student. I'm going into elementary education. Oh. So I'm going to be a teacher, and he works in construction, so he'll probably keep doing that. Okay, and do the go thing on the side for the beginning, anyway. When was the last yep. time you lost your temper? 
Um, probably the last time I lost my temper was when I was working on the ranch. I lose my temper really bad when I'm around the cows. It's probably not a good thing, but... The no, cows, cows the, are dangerous. The, they are. They're deadly. They're, they're more deadly dangerous. than sharks. They um, are. What's the, what is the, the thing that you do ranching with cows um, that you take for granted, but that would shock city people? I don't know. We do lots of things, like just pulling like a calf, like, I don't know, if a cow is having a hard trouble, like having a baby, you just walk in there and stick your hands in there and help them have the baby, I guess. Whoa! Okay, that's what, when you said pulling a calf, Bob thought with a leash. Yeah, yeah. Because we're city people now. Come on there, buttercup. Doggy. Um, but I knew when you said pulling a calf that you were up to your elbow in the calf, Woo. in the cow. Yes. You are. Oh. But that's got to be... like, amazing. Yeah, like circle of life. Yeah, yeah, circle of life. You're up inside the cow's business, and then boom, here's a calf. <laughs> right? Yep. Take care, Charlie. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. You guys, we have to talk to Liz. Sherry, she's just like your mom. So, Liz, I'm assuming you're also emotionally distant with a fetish for the singer Pitbull. <laughs> um, I'm more of a cleaning fetish. Type oh, person. okay. You've got the oh, obsessive okay. cleaning. Gotcha. Now, how does that manifest in your life, Liz? Well, let me explain. I have always been kind of, my son calls me a minimalist. It's one of the nicer things he refers to me as. But <laughs> I can't stand, I actually can take a little bit of dirt, but I can't stand clutter. It makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. So my mom passed away last April, and we had to clean my parents' home. And that was a kickstart for my Self and my siblings to oh my god let's not do this to anybody else <laughs> it was there was a lot of stuff my dad grew up in the depression so he they didn't throw anything away and if they had one of something they had 200 but i heard bob talking about cleaning out and having empty spaces yes i have been i have dug out i have i have empty shelves and drawers and cupboards and i can't stop looking at them i just open i just can't <laughs> stop looking at them Bob does that when he cleans something. He'll go in, he'll clean something, and then he'll pour himself, he'll wait till like 6 p.m., pour himself a drink, and then go admire the litter box or the garage or the bathroom or whatever it is. Liz, let me let me see how close you are to me. How do you react when you hear the word junk drawer? Uh, it makes me shake. Thank you. 
I cleaned out while my wife was at work. We have three or four drawers in the kitchen, and there's everything under the sun. She's, or I think her perfume is in there. I mean, oh I, it's just, it's nuts. And I went to Bed Bath & Beyond, and I got some of those things for lining, you know, drawers. And I yep. threw away all of the broken stuff, all of the stuff, batteries that, you know, probably are dead. And everything yep. was lined up so beautifully, and I didn't say a word to her. And then when she was making dinner that night, she opened it up and went, and the words came out of her mouth. What but where's my where's my drunk junk drawer? I said, yep. you don't you don't need one. Yep. It makes my husband very nervous because if he knows I'm cleaning, yeah, there's not a doubt that there's going to be something that's thrown out. <laughs> something gets donated or is thrown out. That's right. But I'm here to tell you, if you haven't used it or worn it in five years, you don't need it. Amen. You don't need it. <laughs> it's, it's just, and this time of year, I work from home in the wintertime, <laughs> so it's been it's been a blessing that way, but I can't, I can't take clutter anymore. It just makes me nuts. If you haven't used it or, or worn it in five years, throw it out. Yep. I am, I am 100% a Bob fan because it, it is... It is so freeing to look at and know that you don't have all that stuff underfoot anymore. It's awesome. I was so jealous of my friend Jeff when he moved from his house to uh, Southern California. They actually rented a dumpster, and he spent like a week throwing crap away. And I said, what was that like? And he said, it was fantastic. I I know. I remember you being so like, you had a dumpster thing for a while there where you were threatening to rent a dumpster. Oh, yeah. I I had to go mano a mano (laughs) with my wife. She she was having none of that whatsoever. I detect a Maine accent. What part of Maine are you from, Liz? I I am from a small town uh, about an hour north of uh, Bangor, Brownville. I have met you both several times. We went on the Alaska Alaska cruise with you. Um, Oh, no kidding. Yep, yep. I miss the chat room um, format. I always wanted you to do a, a chat room about how have Bob and Sherry made my life better or what have I done in my life because of uh, influence from Bob and Sherry. We- and I'll be honest with you, I bought my very first computer because of you guys. Oh, my gosh. And- get out of here. For real. And- well, my- and our accountant had been after me to do it, but honest to God, Sherry, you want to know the true reason I did it? I wanted to see pictures of your second wedding. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, don't worry about missing that. There's always another one on the horizon. Hey, hey Liz, talking about yeah. things that were thrown out. <laughs> Liz, I realized I couldn't stand clutter either. It just had to go. Well, she hadn't used it in five years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are awesome. Thank Have you so day, much Liz. for listening Thank and for calling. So we love you guys. I've made many converts. Thank and you, you, we need that. And we, we want you to go and enjoy your empty shelves. And I'm you've, gonna go look at them right now. Bob's already twitching <laughs> over there. He's gonna go throw poor Mary, he's gonna go throw some stuff I know, I know. in a box. <laughs> it's the Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. In the current oddcast, we talked to Sean Kipe about his true crime podcast in the red clay and a 50-year-old murder that's been solved. Or has it? The Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast. The Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, bobandsherry.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. They put together like some surprising, shocking facts about songs that were hits in the 2000s. And a bunch of these are songs that you know, but you may not know these little hidden fun facts about them. So Max pulled all the music, Bob, so that we could talk about this. Great. Um, the first little fun fact we have, you'll remember that um, Beyonce and Kelly Rowland were two of the members of Destiny's Child when Beyonce was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So Destiny's Child broke up because Beyonce wanted to be a solo act. And Kelly uh, and Nelly did an album. And the song Dilemma was such a hit that the record company was forced to delay Beyonce's debut solo album release because they didn't want it overshadowed. No might be the first and last and only time that anybody got in Beyonce's way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> because once that solo career started rolling, Bye-bye. man, <laughs> it was all smooth sailing. Um, this next one, huge hit. You still hear it on the radio all the time today. You may not know that this song is actually a diss track. Hollaback Girl. You know who she's singing this to? No. Courtney Love said that dismissed Gwen Stefani like completely. Was like, uh, she's like some high school cheerleader. So Gwen so, was like, oh, really? Watch so, this. So that's what she did. I didn't know that. Is that right? Yep. So that's the story behind the story there. Yeah. Because you were wondering, first of all, what is a Hollaback Girl? And who is she all up against? And yeah, it was Courtney Love. It was Courtney Love. And you know, that song was way bigger than... Uh, Courtney Love has had some success, but not like that. Courtney Love has not had Gwen Stefani's no, success. No, nowhere near it. I mean... Nowhere near it. Come on. Not even close. All right, Madonna, her last number one hit single was released in the year 2000. Now, she's continued making music, but this is her last number one single. song is number one this is number one yeah i just read something interesting online madonna said that one of her issues with the way with where the music industry is right now <clears throat> she she said they're not no one's interested really in making albums anymore they're just interested in doing collaborations and mashups and and having singles it's like no one has the attention span for That's an, an album. interesting thing to say yeah and it's true that it's been, I mean, there, every year. I think digital downloading year, has something to do with that, too. Yeah, but every year somebody has the, the stones to put out, like, yeah. an album that's a cohesive right. statement from first right. to last song. But, like Lemonade. Yeah, yeah, but Madonna's like, yeah, it's not really the way mm-hmm. it is anymore. Um, Justin Timberlake, everybody thinks this song is about Britney Spears. Cause I don't 
Who's it about? Everybody thinks this was about Britney cheating on him. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's about the actress Alicia Cuthbert and um, his his best friend, JT's best friend, was engaged to her, but she left him for a hockey player. And so Justin She's still married. To I him, think I so. Think. Yeah. Oh, so Justin right? Timberlake wrote that song. Everybody thinks it's about Britney, and Britney's yeah, over here going, yeah. "Y'all, I have enough trouble." <laughs> Do you want to hear some more of these? Yeah, sure. All right, we'll That's do some fun. more right after the break. I love the thing about uh, Gwen Stefani. Yeah, you'll hear that no song idea. differently now, yeah, won't you? Yeah, you will. That's right. It's the best <laughs> Bob and Cher. That's the best. You guys kill me. I love you, Bob and Cher. Oh, thank, thank you so much. You. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. We're talking about these uh, songs of the 2000s that BuzzFeed um, found out all like the juicy, fun, little-known facts about. And Hollaback Girl by Gwen Stefani is a diss track against Courtney Love, who dismissed Gwen Stefani as a cheerleader. And so Gwen wrote the smash song that's been around now for more than a decade. Um, Courtney Love gets dissed a lot. Dave Grohl, who was one of the original members of Nirvana, and of course, Courtney Love was married to Kurt Cobain. Dave Grohl has dissed Courtney in a bunch of songs, and one of the most famous ones is in the song I'll Stick Around. And the lyric goes, how how can it be that I'm the only one to see your forced insanity? Like, he just goes after her all the time. She's, she's an easy target in a way. She makes herself that way. All right, so moving on. Eminem. Eminem did not have a single Hot 100 number one hit until 2002. And the movie helped it, I think. I think the movie helped it, but this is a really good, this is a really good track. I'm a huge Eminem fan. I'm not, but I like this a lot. Huge Eminem fan. It's hard not to listen to it or to watch it at the videos. As my girls got a little bit older and came out of the kids' bop phase into real, like, regular uh-huh. music, they would go through my iTunes music library. It's like, so my, my daughter's in, like, fifth grade, and she's like, Mom, you listen to Eminem? I'm like, yeah, I love Eminem. That song is just nothing but forward motion. It, it once it once it starts, it just does not slow down. It's relentless. It, it's relentless. That's exactly right. It has so many great lyrics in it. Yeah. And when he, the places where he meters and rhymes yeah. on and off the beat, yeah. huge fan. All right, this next song is one of my favorite, my all-time favorite songs, and it was the very first Hot 100 number one song that Jay Z ever had that featured him as a lead artist and not as a collaborator. this song it's good it's a great melody i mean it's a, how, great, it's a great singer's song like he's jay is talking about how he came up from nothing and he and beyonce got together and he went from being like a dealer on the street to to play in these arenas and just when you think yes yes here comes alicia keys and takes it to the next level and blows yeah. your mind i think without her though in that song i mean she's just such a talent and such an amazing voice that song does not have it She's she really closed the deal on that song. I don't think you can separate the two. Do you think I don't think you can separate the two? I think that song doesn't well, I exist with without you, either but, one. But, but I'm yeah, I agree. 
I agree. I mean, that song is just, oh, my God, I could listen to it that, all day. That is Alicia Keys at her best right there. All right. So our next song, um, the Spice Girls um, hung on as the first British group to hit the top of the Hot 100. They hung on to that from 1997 until 2008. 11 years, no British band could move the Spice Girls. Let's, let's hear a little bit of this. This is a really great song. Make it last forever. Friendship never ends. If you want to be my lover, you have got to give. Taking is too easy, but that's the way it is. That's it. That's all you have to do. So you're wondering... Who finally, after 11 years, bumped the Spice Girls off the top of the charts? It was this one. If you're talking about songs from the 2000s, I can't think of another song that's more of an earworm or that was played more than this song. But you know, if you're Coldplay... The record guy comes in. He's great news, guys. Great news. You're you're the first British band since 1997 to bump the Spice Girls off. <laughs> I know. It's not like bumping off the Beatles. It's not the most rock and roll yeah, thing yeah, you've yeah. ever heard. Okay, so the songwriters, um, the, the Dream and Tricky Stewart, wrote a song that became, talk about an earworm, it became a huge hit, a smash hit, a giant hit. It invented and created a career for one of pop music's biggest players, and they offered it to three superstars simultaneously, and the first one to say yes was Rihanna. They offered it to Mary J. Blige and Britney Spears. Umbrella. It's funny, since the beginning of rock and roll, stories like that have happened where an artist who is, does not write songs is presented a song and they listen to it. They have star power. They listen to it and they say, yeah, I don't think so. It's I don't not, hear it. It's not me. I don't hear it. And then somebody else comes along and there it goes number one. Now, this next one, um, we all love Andre 3000 around here. And he was dating Erica Badu and their relationship disintegrated and they split up. And so he wrote this huge hit song as a way to apologize to his ex-girlfriend's mother without actually having to go apologize to her in person because he was scared of her. Does Miss Jackson get a piece of the action? Probably not. Probably not. not. And finally, this is, according to Billboard magazine, this is the biggest and the most played song of the 2000s. You couldn't escape it. What's the biggest song? The biggest, as... most played song of the 2000s. Really? Yep. I'm surprised. Yeah. I think it was this one. Well, this one did bump the Spice Boy, Girls. Said, well, there you go. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the Bob and Sherry off-air podcast called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. In the current Oddcast, we talked to Sean Kipe about his true crime podcast, In the Red Clay, and a 50-year-old murder that's been solved. 
or has it? The Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast. The Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, bobandsherry.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. I had a really good realization the other day. And, you know, sometimes in life, I tell my kids this all the time. The thing that you're struggling with is what's going to teach you a powerful lesson about yourself and about life. Like sometimes failing is the best way to learn. And sometimes losing something is the best way to learn um, appreciation. And there's like sometimes the hardest things in life are your best teachers. Everybody knows that, right? So I spend a ton of time driving and I don't particularly enjoy it. Like I'm not someone who's like, yes. Me and my sweet muscle machine are hitting the open road. I'm driving a, um, an old mom van, and I could give a damn about cars and, and all of that. But it is what it is. It's the chapter of my life I'm in. And so I had to drive 500 miles round trip in 13 hours last week, which is a lot of driving. And I happened to land on the highway um, at, on the day where there would be not only road construction, but four major wrecks involving fire trucks and ambulances and Ugh. traffic jams that were backed up for miles. So I spent over seven hours um, going half of that distance. And I'm in the car, and, and I realized that all the driving I do has taught me patience. I am not a patient person by nature. I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm a ready-shoot-aim person. I I don't have a lot of patience for anything. I just want to do it and move on. But I've learned how to be patient because I spend so much time staring through the windshield of my car. And I listen to murdery podcasts. Like, it's a wonder I even leave the house now because I'm convinced everybody's a cold-hearted serial killer from all the crap I listen to. And and I'm, you know, now I look, I look ahead and I can see that the traffic's backed up and I'm probably going to be sitting here for 40 minutes. And I just creep along with it and... I don't get stressed anymore. I don't I don't bang on the steering wheel. I don't yell. I'm just like, here we are, zen, zen, zen. So the morning after the 500-mile round trip in 13 hours is the morning that we're leaving for a dance competition, which is 94 miles from my house. 35 miles in, Karamia tells me she forgot her shoes. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Um... No, I cannot force her to dance barefoot. It's a tap. She's a tap dancer. She has to have shoes. And she can't borrow another kid's shoes because hers is the first dance of the day and her tap shoes are specialty tap shoes. So my odds of finding another kid who has those specialty high-heeled taps in her size are one in a freaking bazillion. Um, she needs all of her shoes. She has two different kinds of jazz shoes, two different kinds of tap shoes. It, it is what it is. And she doesn't have her shoes. So um, when she told me I don't have my shoes, I put my turn signal on. I changed over to the far right lane. I took the next exit, whipped a U-turn, drove back home, sent her in the house to get her shoes, back in the car, back we go to the venue. And I had calculated I had just enough gas to get us from home to where the dance competition was. I didn't have enough gas to get us from home to the dance competition with a 60-mile, 70-mile detour. So we had to stop for gas. She's now coming out of her skin because um, 
One of the things that dance teaches your kids is discipline and punctuality. Mm -hmm. You have a call time. You have to be stage ready at a certain time and your booty better be there or there will be hell to pay. Mm -hmm. So she's losing her mind because we're going to miss call time. Well, we're going to miss call time or I'm going to run out of gas or um, I can't speed because I will get arrested for, you know, going 80 miles an hour. Right. So she's all upset. And I just looked at her and said, you know what? This is the situation. This is where we are. Yep. And now I'm going to let you listen to former FBI profiler Jim Clemente talk about the Unabomber on one of Mommy's Murdery podcasts, because that's how I'm going to calm down and she not will, be stressed out. She will never lose, uh, leave those shoes behind again. No, because that, that's the only thing. I'm because I'm now going to be like the the former drill instructor instructor who just passed away, Sergeant Ermy, with a barking a checklist at the door. Yeah. You're probably better off doing that or putting something, you know, everybody wants to tell you what to do in these situations, putting something on the dashboard that says shoes, yeah. uh, clothes, or, or whatever it is. Ordinarily, I'm really anal, but you know what happens when you drive 500 miles, sleep four hours, and get up at, before the sun is up to go to a dance yep. competition? Yep. Your brain is like a battered old spot. I'll tell you, though, she will never forget those shoes again. What are you going to do? She was upset. Ways to get in touch with the Bob and Sherry Show. Stick your head out a window and yell, Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hey, Bob and Sherry! Get the Bob and Sherry free app for your phone and leave us a talkback message. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Email us through the Bob and Sherry website, bobandsherry.com, or email us hello at bobandsherry.com. Or you can call 1-844-52-SHERRY. Hello, Bob and Sherry. Leave us a DM on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Or you can just kick it old school and yell out the window. Hey! Sherry! Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code Radio 10. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. I know that I'm addicted to my phone, and I know what you think about me, and I know how you judge me, judgy McJudge Judge. So I own it. I am addicted are you, to Are you my speaking phone. to me? Yes, I am. You're yeah. judging McJudge. Oh, I'm a horrifying person, yeah. <laughs> That's all I can do is just go over there, look at her with her phone. Look at, we're about to go on, but she's looking at her phone. Oh, God, I'm glad these are broad shoulders. The other day, Bob's wife, Mary, texted me. She's like, did Scooter forget his phone today because he's not answering my texts? And I had to reply back. I had to reply back. He's on the roam. Let me go find him. Enough with this. Sometimes you do. I have here the sign. Did she she call me Scooter? She did. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I called you Scooter because you were all like, well, just fine. I'm not even going to talk to you. And I was like, fine, Scooter. Take your Legos and go home. Don't play at my house anymore. So she heard me call you Scooter. So she called Mm. you Scooter. Hey, doesn't she also call you um, Ding Dong or something? Don't you think Scooter's better than Ding Dong? You know, if you step back and look at it, you're probably right. Neither, you know, are going to get you the CEO's office. (laughs) This is our CEO, Ding Dong. (laughs) (laughs) 
This is our C scooter. So I have the signs that you're suffering from phone addiction. Uh-huh. All right. See, admit to if any of these are you. Because okay. I think you're I think you're only a little bit addicted to your phone. The first thing you do when you wake up every morning, you check your phone. Um well, yeah, I turn off the alarm. I don't check for messages. Um I, I do. I check my calendar to see what I should wear to work that day to see if I have a grown-up function to attend. Yeah, I don't do that. Um, You use up at least 10% of your battery between the time you wake up and when you leave the house. No. I do that. You always have multiple apps open. No. I do that. The only reason I don't is because I close them to save battery. I try try Uh to. Otherwise, I'd have a half dozen apps open too. Um, When surrounded by people in a public setting with no one you know... You don't know what else to do with yourself except play with your phone and refresh your news feed. No. I do that. I do that. I do that. That's, that's like a 14-year-old girl thing. You take your phone with you to the bathroom at work. Yeah. Well, I mean, I carry it with me. You know, if you've ever had anything that has been um, disturbing or worse, you, you tend to- You don't to like ha- to be without you it. You don't like to be without it. Yeah. That's, the, that's the main reason I carry it. The low battery warning- for you, represents fear, anxiety, and depression. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. that's me too, Max. You know what does, though? The low uh, reading on a gas tank. Oh, yeah, that's no good. I ran out of gas once in my life, and it had a profound effect on Clearly, me. Clearly, yeah. Um, you don't know what to do in a social setting when no one is talking to you, and you don't have your phone. That is a 14-year-old girl thing, and I discussed it with Madison because... Uh, her mother, for whatever reason, said, give me your phone. You're on the phone too much. You took it away or she didn't do her homework or whatever. And she said, can I have it for the party? No, you can't. I told you you can't have it for two days. She said, well, you kind of have to have it because if the conversation goes into a lull, that's what everybody does. Um, or they if go on their phone. If there's no one talking to you, you can appear to be busy with your phone. Yeah. Um, going out to dinner isn't easy because you know it's not okay to be the person who has their phone laying out on the table, but that's who you are. You're going to do it anyway. No. That's not much. Eh, not so much. Ish. No. I mean, if I'm with somebody. If I'm with someone and my kids are home, my phone is where I can see it. Um, you love the beach, but um, gosh, there's just no darn service out there. <laughs> I wouldn't think twice. In some cases, I'd be relieved. And finally, the day Verizon ended unlimited data was like the worst day of your life. <laughs> no. I, I mean, I don't have any of those feelings, except I, I need it in case there's an emergency. You like to have it for that. Yep. Yep. I read books. You know, I don't, I don't look at screens. I don't have a nook. Mm, I'm, I'm reading. old school. I have the Kindle app on my iPad. Mm-hmm. I am so like addicted to the Outlander series. I'm on book three. Anybody, it's a, it's a huge series of books about this. It's basically like this epic, historical, romantic, time-traveling love story with lots and lots and lots of fierce lifting of kilts, lassies. It's awesome. Anyway, I'm so addicted to it. It is, Fierce I, lifting of kilts, oh, lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of lot of hot, hot stuff really? in these books. Oh my oh. gosh, yeah. The Outlander series. Plus, I've learned a tremendous lot about um, British and Scottish history, which I admit there had been a huge gap in my education prior to reading these books. Anyway, I have the Kindle app on my iPad, and um, I, I usually read book books like you do, but because I've been reading just filthy smut on my Kindle, like that's how I read Fifty Shades of Grey, and that's how I'm reading all these... <laughs> I'm now beginning to view my iPad as an erotic object. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, you read it there I because read it on my it's iPad. not displayable. Well, no, because I just I don't want to buy the books and have clutter yeah, in my house. I'm just downloading I mean. them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but now I associate my iPad with all sorts of squash nastiness. It's the Bob and Sherry Off Air Podcast called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast drops every Monday and Friday. Podcast. With uncensored conversations, special guests, and true crime time. I'm sorry, but it's absolutely true. Bob and Sherry Off Air Podcast. The Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry at bobandsherry.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The Off-Air Podcast. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast. Oddcast. Download on the free Bob and Sherry app, website, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Bob and Sherry. So at Hampton School, they had a Sadie Hawkins dance about a week or so ago, you know? Yes. And, and he got invited. And a very cute girl, very, very cute, nice girl invited him. And he went to the dance and uh, it was a gangster-themed dance. And so he had to come up with some sort of a gangster outfit. And so his mother took him to Goodwill, and I think they found some pants, and they found like some sort of an old jacket that worked pretty good. But um, he had to uh, shop at uh, Bob's Men's Clothing Closet for a shirt, and I thought, yeah, that's fine, because I have a black shirt. Yeah. And he, he found a white tie, so he'd look like a gangster. You know that? And um, I that's fine. Now, this was a brand new black shirt that I just got over at the Untuck It store, I which I really liked. is always treated as a costume. I know. I know. This ain't the first time. I mean, if I shrink it, your kid has it. If it's needed for a costume, my kid takes it. And... It looked okay, except he has become very muscular. And this was a thin-cut shirt. So I found myself saying to him, don't flex, okay? Because I don't want that ripped. I haven't even (laughs) worn it myself yet. And um, he wore it, and then he was very nice. He brought it back and put it in my closet, along with the shoes that he took from me. (laughs) He needed black dress shoes. I have a pair of shoes that I only wear to weddings and funerals. There's no other need for me to wear these shoes anywhere else. They're just so formal. And hard. And hard and uncomfortable. Speaking of hard shoes, I just read the most interesting thing. Do you know how long it takes for your feet to, where is this article? For your feet to recover after wearing hard, uncomfortable shoes. Take a guess at that. For me, it's at least 24 hours. Three and a half days. Wow. Now, now take a moment and feel compassion for all of the people listening who have to wear hard shoes every day for their job. But, you know, there's there's good dress-up shoes. I never realized this because, you know, I had like one pair of shoes in high school and a pair of sneakers. That was it. That, w- that was totally it. Um, I would go someplace like Maine, and they would, you know, they used to make shoes a lot more in Maine than they do now. But uh, they would manufacture them, and they have these shoe outlets and I'm driving along and I would go, because I'm not making a lot of money at the time. Oh, shoe outlet in Maine. I'm going in there. I went to one with you, remember? Right. Yeah. Long Bob time was, ago. Bob was so excited. He said to me and Tony, listen, if there's time, I'd like to go to the shoe outlet. And we were like, yeah, yeah. So I, <laughs> that's where we went. I, I went into the shoe outlet and I'm sure there are good ones. But this one that we caught, 
I saw a pair of shoes that were like tasseled loafers, which at the time were very popular. Yeah. I don't have anything like that now at all. And I look, I looked at him and I went, this is like what the, the rich preppy school guys would wear. I'm going to get these. And they were black tasseled loafers. And I tried them on and I thought, you know, I'll just break them in because they were very stiff. They never broke in. And my feet used to kill me because I'm wearing hard shoes. And now you know. You're wearing them. And now I know. I know. And they're very bad. Three and a half days to recover. Please stop me from talking about hard shoes anymore. You know what? I'm racking my brain for how. And you just seem like you're so committed. I am am committed. I can't derail you. I want people to wash their hands and not wear hard shoes. And don't touch your face. Don't touch your face and don't buy the hard shoes. They'll, They'll wreck you later in life. I think that there are so many people who would be in a better mood and be happier with life if they didn't have to wear such Just, uncomfortable shoes. Go ahead and make the apology now because there'll be an email eventually. Bob, I work for the hard shoe company. Yeah, yeah apologize probably, uh, to, the to the hard, hard shoe, shoe manufacturer. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the best <laughs> Bob and Sherry. That's the best. You guys kill me. I love you, Bob and Oh, thank, thank you so you. much. Sign up for the newsletter with Bob and Sherry exclusive articles. Sign up now at bobandsherry.com. I got this from YouGov. They asked about 2,000 people who are in relationships, committed relationships. Most of them were married. Who is smarter in the relationship? 11% said that their partner was smarter. About a third said they weren't sure. And over a third said that they were the smartest one in the relationship. So more people who were asked <laughs> say, oh yeah, that's, you know, uh, don't tell her or don't tell him, but uh, I'm, the, I'm the smartest one in the relationship. So I started thinking about this and I started- oh, uh, Hang on, Spam Risk is calling me. Oh yeah, where, where are they from? Oxford, Mississippi. There you go. Oh, that's a hot spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, nothing but good news coming out of there for you. So uh, I I started thinking back on uh, relationships that I've had over the years. And I have to say, it's about a 50-50 split. That is such a dangerous question. Uh Um, Uh-huh. Especially with with your current um, person, you know? I mean, in the past, you know, it doesn't really matter. But I can think of one woman who I know her IQ was higher than mine, and she was smarter than me, and, and, and frankly, better educated. Now, there's a difference between... Being better educated and smarter. And being smarter, yeah. Right. Because sure. there are some people that have no education at all, but they're as smart as can be, and they've done very well for themselves in life. Um, and then there was another one that I think I'm I'm really tied with, uh, a couple that I'm smarter than, and a couple that could be a toss-up. And that leads, leads me to my current situation with my wife, Mary, who is a doctor and who has better education, but if you asked her who's the smarter in the uh, relationship, I think that she would say me, would. Only, only because I have more general knowledge of things that she's just never been interested in. But she is better at spelling. She, If, if somebody said construct a sentence perfectly, she could do it. Now, I, I can create stuff better uh, and, and have a better storyline, um, but she is so smart in so many different areas that it's, for me, it's kind of a toss up with her. Um, I agree. She's very street smart. 
but yeah. you have a very specific kind of smart. It is very it's specific. It's very different. Yeah. Now, I'm the world's worst speller, and I'm terrible at math, and those are two big things. And yeah, I've but often spelling wondered. Spelling isn't a sign of intelligence. No, it's, it's they found not. it's genetic anyway. Oh, they did? Yeah. Oh, that's who could I blame? My mother, my father. I'm not sure. It's important to blame let's blame. Well, t- thank you. Let's blame my children's father. I, <laughs> okay, I, all right. I like to shift yeah. as much over there as we can. <laughs> all right. Damn him. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> He's the reason you can't spell. <laughs> I just love working with you. Um, if you were to ask my, <laughs> if you were to ask my husband Kevin, who's smarter, you or Sherry, he would say. Well, I'm saner, and isn't that really what's making the difference? And that would be the end of that. That would be the end of that? Yeah. We're pretty well matched. Yeah, you are pretty well matched. Now, the audience is listening to this right now, and we have been a radio couple. For, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, she's smarter than I am. I, I understand that. I don't have smarter and different. No, smart in different no, ways. No, 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 no. You're, you're, you're we smarter, We have complementary. In some areas, we do. Mm-hmm. In some areas, we do. But I, uh, I never... Um, I never made the top 10 of the spelling bee in my fifth grade class, let alone in the country. But again, that's, that's more than just genetics. Spelling again. I mean, there are brilliant people who are terrible spellers. And now that we have spell check and autocorrect, I mean, what difference does it make? You know what? Right? I, I saw the funniest freaking tweet. Um, the person had tweeted um, I, ty- I typed into my phone um, TikTok, like on the search bar, mm-hmm. and my phone auto-corrected that to stop at your 40 and then turned itself <laughs> off. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, in I, a world I, of- no, I, think, I think that I am smarter than my wife because she agreed to marry me. Okay. Which is a, a you're you saying that's I'm a saying? black mark? I'm, well, you know, it's a demerit, Mary. Who, who you know who got the better of that? See, that's deal. the kind of smart you are. Thank you. It's the Bob and Sherry Off Air podcast called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. In the current Oddcast, we talked to Sean Kipe about his true crime podcast, In the Red Clay, and a 50 year old murder that's been solved. Or has it? The Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast. The Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, bobandsherry.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. A shareable taste of the show. The Fun Size Podcast drops every Thursday on the free Bob and Sherry app. There are three things that my children and any woman I've been married to know about me and have over the years teased me one of them is i mean they, they do it lovingly um one of them is spelling because i'm not a strong speller the second one is the way i wrap christmas gifts and the third one is my handwriting my father had beautiful handwriting and mine is terrible and it was national handwriting day about a week ago i just kept this and there are 10 things that you will recognize if you're with someone with appalling handwriting and that that would be me i have bad handwriting too not as bad as mine oh bob um i send handwritten notes to um steven who um works on our podcast and he can't read them that's that's one of the problems he has to call todd and get translation here we go shopping lists are indecipherable you have to go shopping together if you don't you will miss something on the list because you cannot read what they've written all of you this one cracks me up all of your cards are ruined. 
birthday, anniversary, Christmas cards look wonderful on the outside, but when you open them up, the scrawl that is their handwriting always looks like it's just an idiot writing it. No one could ever forge their signature. Well, that's that's, that's a, a good, good one. Thing. That's yeah. a good one right there. You insist on writing all the cards you send out. If you don't, the recipient may never know who sent it. Your partner now relies on you to handle all the outgoing handwritten mail. I don't do that a lot, but I've done that a little with Mary. She has beautiful handwriting. You have to fill in all forms. I'm not that bad. The quality of the pen makes no difference whatsoever. You could have a really nice fountain pen, and it's still going to look like chicken scratch. You're thankful for texts and email. You know what? If you have lousy handwriting, that is the truth. Because you you're, you got some cover. Texts and email have made my handwriting worse. I bet you're not the only person. I bet that's the case for a lot of people because they're not practicing it. You've pondered now and then whether or not this person has actually invented their own language. <laughs> and um, finally, there have been comments. People comment on how crummy your husband, your boyfriend's handwriting is. Uh, If people are looking at mine, they're not commenting or they're keeping it to themselves. I don't know what happened. My father and my mother both had great, beautiful handwriting. I think I I just, I I write too fast. They were taught it differently in school because all of my, like my mom, all of my aunts, grandmother, all of them, they had this beautiful, beautiful um, Catholic school handwriting. I, I can't believe that I got a bad instruction. I could remember sitting in class. Do you class. remember penmanship? Because yes. my kids, can. I mean, they didn't really spend any time on penmanship in school did, at all. Did, did No, that's kids today. And many at kids all. today don't know cursive writing. Um, I could remember, like it was yesterday, looking at where the teacher sits and right above her, on uh, above the blackboard, there would be this long cardboard thing with all the letters of the alphabet, mm-hmm. both uh, higher and lower case. And you'd, you'd be staring at that. So I, I think I was taught right. I just don't think I tried enough. Well, I mean, you did change schools a bunch. And yeah, but I was changing schools by that time, you know. And by the time you were 12, you were working as a bartender or whatever. So, so I didn't need it so penmanship much. Penmanship was probably yeah. low priority yeah. for you. I admire the people that have great penmanship. I think it's Beautiful handwriting really great. is an amazing thing. Yeah, yeah. Like calligraphy. Oh, my Beautiful. brother taught himself. To calligraphy. Eric, he do calligraphy. calligraphy. Of course, oh, he can. You know, when people said to me, and and you know, they would say, "When did you find out your brother was gay?" And I would say, "Well, his outfits in high school were a little questionable." And then the calligraphy rolled up. <laughs> a lot of time on those flights. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. See you some other time. You've been listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. Be sure to check out our website, bobandsherry.com. Download our free app, too. Get the odd cast, the podcast, and Bob and Sherry fun size instantly. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. 
Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.